0: The title of the sermon is, I'm still in God's waiting room. I'm still in God's waiting room. And I thought, Lord, I don't really want to say this. And I I said, Lord, a few weeks ago, Pastor Mark asked me to to speak. And uh, I I felt the Lord say, look, I want you to give this this word. And I said, oh, Lord, who wants to know about waiting? Um, I don't know about you. How how many of you like waiting? Raise your hands. Do you like waiting in traffic? Oh, a few of you do. Okay. Well, most of us, I'm sure, don't like waiting. You don't like waiting in the doctors for an hour, two hours. Um, am I the only one? But no. no, no, praise God. Well, yes, waiting is not something that we want to do, is it, really? Let's be honest. Um, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence here this, this afternoon. Father, we thank you. I just pray that you would quieten our hearts and give us revelation in the short time that we have. The time is precious, Lord, and we need breakthroughs, we need desperately to hear what you're saying, and, and Father, we need to change. And Father, we bless you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, in the waiting room, we can sometimes feel we're in the Lord's waiting room. We can feel overlooked, forgotten, frustrated, uh, even unloved. Um, it appears sometimes people have their breakthroughs and, and it's like, God, where what about me? And uh, and sometimes the Lord can seem so far away and unfair. Let's be let's be real today. Amen. Life is tough for many people, and Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Say to your neighbor, take heart, the Lord has overcome the world. Take Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when we have to wait for something desperately, you know, something that we really need, we really want, it's not easy, is it? And it can be challenging. And uh, many, many, many Christians, we we don't wait. And we just try and fix things um, and work out our own abilities, our own understanding... And we basically mess up. Look at what happened with Abraham and and Sarah. And I'm sure all of you remember that story. And the outcome is usually poor. You know, I believe the Lord wants us today to help us understand from his perspective why we need to wait. Why you need to wait for his timing, his purposes. And I will detail four main reasons why it's in our ultimate best interest, why we have to wait for the Lord. Hallelujah. And coupled with this, I will show you the seven P's that will help us wait for the Lord with the right attitude so that you get your breakthrough in due season and in due time. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's look at some definitions and quotes on waiting. Um, you know, Venita Rendell Risner said, this is the most precious answer God can give us, wait. It makes us cling to him rather than to an outcome. God knows what I need, I do not. He sees the future, I cannot. His perspective is eternal, mine is not. He will give me what is best for me when it is best me. Amen? And if you just get that tonight, I'll be happy because, praise God, your life will change. Amen? You know, the dictionary definition of weight is uh, to allow time to go by. Isn't that true? You just watch. Some of you are feeling time is going by. Some of you ladies may be looking for a partner and you're saying, God, time is going by. My clock is going by. Okay, you know another uh, this de- definition of, of, of waiting is staying in one place without doing very much anyone feel like that spiritually that you're praying you're praising God you're coming to KT or your network church and and it's like nothing's happening and, and you think God where are you where are you and uh, Synonyms or related words to wait, block. How many feel blocked? Life. Halt. Shelter. Stop. Tarry. Hang around. Rest. Stand. Linger. Remain. Stay behind. Defer. Pause. Slow down. Postpone. Deferral. Detainment. All of these are synonyms, all these are related words to wait. And they're not words that most of us like. I certainly don't. And my wife, my lovely wife, will tell tell you, Debbie over there, hallelujah. Be married 30 years very shortly in the next <laughs> August, and we got married here in this church. Praise God! And I met Debbie here, hallelujah. And she's got to test me about that. And uh, <laughs> praise God. Friends, God wants us to wait for. Specific reasons. Number one, maturity. Waiting for the Lord will test you and develop your faith. And it's incredible how mature you and I will develop in God when you wait. Two months, six months, a year, five years, ten years, twenty years. Some of you have been waiting for more than twenty years for your breakthrough. 30 years, 40 years. God, how long? And you know what? That will develop your character. In James 1 verse 2 it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And waiting for God will test you. Waiting for God will develop your walk, will develop you in your maturity with Christ. It says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hallelujah. Maturity. God wants us to be mature. Amen. He wants KT people and Living Waters people and all those under my sound of my voice. He wants us to be mature, to grow in Him. Hallelujah not to be fickle minded. Well, God, I haven't got my breakthrough today, so I'm leaving this church, or I'm leaving my cell. I'm going somewhere else. You are solid, you're steadfast, you're you're uh, you're going to stay. If you're married, you're not going to suddenly say give up, oh, my wife's this or my husband's this and I'm just going to leave because I'm tired. Sometimes work. God has placed some of you in work for a pur- for a purpose, all of you in a work for purpose, but you know um, some of us are so keen for career progressment that we just stay, well, I'm going to stay here for one year, two years. But you know what? God has a different agenda. I remember in my previous life, as it were, in, in, when I was full-time work outside of the church, and, uh, you know, I, I said to the Lord, I've had enough of my boss, had enough, and I'm, I'm leaving. And I had, to, I, I had to learn the hard lesson, as my wife, my wife will tell you, uh, I, you know, I was there for 10 years. Can you believe it? I resigned three times. And, uh, and, the Lord, and it was a very good job, interesting job, very, very good, well paid and everything. But, you know, the boss was a complete nightmare. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have guys uh, or bosses like that, but I had. And, uh, and the Lord said to me, Start praying for him. And I said, I don't want to pray for him. <laughs> the prayers that I would be praying for him would not be very edifying. <laughs> But the Lord said, no, you stay, when, I, when you leave, you leave with honour, when you leave with my blessing, you leave when you, in the right spirit. And it took 10 years, and by that time, it was the right, the right time when I left, and, the, and my boss was almost begging me to stay, and, and I was left for, to join the ministry, the full-time ministry in the church. And, but I had to learn, learn those lessons. And so Friends, you need to learn those lessons as well if you're not learning. Your life is not your own. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, God has called you in your work. You stay there until he gives you the green light. Amen? Amen? We need to be men and women of integrity. We need to be men and women who learn maturity and get that perspective. Secondly, teachability and meekness. My goodness, waiting for the Lord requires a submissive, teachable heart. And you and I, we have to align our wills to the Lord's perfect will for our lives. For example, Moses, the Bible says he was the meekest man in the world. Numbers 12, verse 3. Why do you think he was meek? He was in Egypt, he was a prince of Egypt, one of them for 40 years he had the best education. He was, the Bible says that he was well eloquent. Even though he gave the excuse to God, I'm not, I can't speak this and I can't that. He was well educated. He had all the privileges of being a prince in Egypt. And Egypt at that time was a superpower. So you can imagine he knew that he had a destiny and he took matters in his own hands and killed one of the Egyptian slave. Uh, slave taskmasters, and he got thrown out. Guess why he was meek? God had to get rid of the pride, the arrogance, the self-reliance, and teach him. Teach him in the desert for 40 long years. Can you imagine? The Bible says the Egyptians uh, despised shepherds. Guess what? He ended up being a shepherd, The very things that you and I despise, God will actually, could actually put you in that. So be careful what you look down on. Be careful what you look down. Never look down on someone who's a cleaner or someone who who you think, you know, are are much better than them. Because God could put you in that place very easily. Meekness. Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. There is a blessing in being meek. Gentle but meek. He had to learn that strength and character in the desert. And that is why you and I need to be in that place. We will learn meekness and teachability. Strength. When we wait for the Lord, we admit how inadequate we are without him. When you are struggling with waiting for God for the breakthrough... Sometimes we can just be at our wits' ends and say, God, what's going on? I can't do this. But the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Your strength will be renewed as you wait and seek his face and seek his strength. Say, God, I need your strength. I need your power to help me through this time while I'm waiting for my breakthrough. Amen? For some of us, it could be a few more years. Others, it could be hopefully just around the corner. Amen? Amen. I'm sure all of us are in a waiting room to some extent. There's always some things that we need and break, and, and things are like blocked, isn't there? That's, let's be honest. So, if you get married and that's one of the things that you're getting, needing the breakthrough, there'll be other breakthroughs that you'll need, or financial breakthrough, whatever it is. We all are in that waiting room to some extent. And when you rely on the Lord for strength, He will help you. he will help you. And suffering, something we don't like as Charismatics, Pentecostals, but it's true, we need to understand and read the whole of the Scripture. There is much suffering in following Jesus Christ. Much suffering. When you have to wait for law, there it's a degree of suffering, isn't it? Suffering can help us identify with those around us. Suffering can help us identify with people in pain emotional pain, people who've lost everything. And often the Lord draws closest to us in the darkest times in our lives. And that's why he uses suffering. Because God has a different perspective to you and me. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, overflowing, that's what the word abounds. How many of you want to abound in suffering? I I don't know, any hands on, I'm not raising my hand either. But he said, they're abounding in sufferings. He says, so our consolation, so our comfort abounds through Christ. So the more challenged that you are, the more of the comfort the comfort." and grace that you get in your time of waiting and your suffering. Amen? In 1 Peter 4, he says, Peter says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Suffering is part of waiting, and it would again develop your character. Now I'm going to quickly go on to the seven... P's to break through. Hopefully you'll remember them when we're in God's um, waiting room. Number one, precious. Understand when you're in the waiting room and your life and you're desperate and saying, "God, where are you?" Be assured that Father God values and loves you. That will help you through those dark times. Amen. When you understand how loved and precious you are in God's sight, then you can face anything in your life. Amen. When you understand that he says you are precious and honoured in my sight and because I love you I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. When you understand that nobody and nothing could separate you from his love in Romans 8, hallelujah. When you understand how precious you are to him you're going to be able to face any adversity. And who knows, maybe we'll be facing a war. We don't know. potent well, potentially there is a war. There is a war going on at the moment. And we need to be wise and look at history. But you know, understand whatever the deepest time, the difficulties that you're facing, understand number one, God loves you, amen? Say to your neighbor, the Lord loves you so much. <laughs> Hallelujah, isn't that wonderful? God loves you, glory. Secondly, second P is perspective. Perspective. You need the Lord's perspective. He is your loving Heavenly Father, but works in seasons, times, and seasons. God takes his time and won't be rushed. He says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. The Bible says in Galatians 4 verse 4, When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, under the Lord, to redeem those who are under the Lord. God could have sent Jesus after man had sinned, couldn't he? But he didn't. He waited hundreds, thousands, 2,000 years, I think it was, before Christ was, was was born in BC 30, was it? 30, 30, yeah, BC 3 or something like that. And he waited. He God is not rushed. Friends, you and I, we want to rush God sometimes. All I do is... But we need his perspective, he is almighty God, he works in centuries, he works in time, seasons, and there's a season for you, and a season for me, and he will work in that time. Don't try and force his hand, because you will not win. I've tried, I've argued with God, it doesn't work, amen? You can cry, you can fast, you can pray, God deliver me, God deliver me, and he will deliver you in his time and his season once you've learnt the lesson. Amen? Amen? Perspective. Patience. Third one is patience. Waiting for the Lord involves perseverance, patience, trust, faith. You know, all of these are functions of trusting the Lord. The Greek word for faith is, is, is pistos, which means trust, faith. It's all the same word in, in the Greek confidence. And many of the giants in the Bible had to wait for years. This is what the prosperity teachers don't tell you. Years. Years. How many of you want to wait 25 years for a son or a daughter if you're married? Amen. Abraham had to wait for his promise. 25 long years. Imagine that, 25 long years. That's no joke, is it? Joseph, he had a promise from God at 17 that, he would, be, uh, that he, he would be a leader, that he'd be somebody very influential. He then gets thrown into a prison. He had to wait 13 years to fulfill God's promise of being the co-leader of Egypt. Moses, poor Moses, had 40 long years in the wilderness. And we complain. He was 80 before he started his ministry. (laughs) 80 years of old. So you're never too old for God to use you. So some of you who are thinking I'm retiring now, God is not in that business of you retiring in the sense of, oh, there's no more work for you. There's a lot of work for you to do. You can spend much more time helping the church, working in the church, and, and doing all sorts of things. Get the vision from God. Hallelujah. David... King David had to wait nearly 15 years before becoming king of Israel. Friends, do not underestimate God's timing and how long it takes to mold you, to change you, and to generate you and create you more like Christ. And fourthly, and I'm rushing through now, prioritize, prioritize, concentrate on your walk with the Lord. You know, the Bible says, "'Delight yourself also in the Lord, "'and He shall give you the desires of your heart.'" In Ephesians 3, verse 19, Paul says, "'To know the love of Christ, "'which passes knowledge that you may be filled "'with all of the fullness of God.'" And Jesus said in Matthew 6, "'Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. "'All these things shall be added unto you.'" You prioritize. When you're waiting for God, you prioritize His kingdom. Amen? Not your kingdom. And too many of us, we prioritise our kingdom. Oh, Lord, it's all about me. It's all about me. We sometimes sing that song, and, and, and it's, instead of saying it's all about you, Lord, we say, oh, it's all about me. We need to change, friends. God wants you to prioritise your life. You are kingdom-focused. Understand, we need that revelation. Time is short. One of my ladies in our church, she she was with her colleague last week, 47, no health problems, and she suddenly passed away, just like that. And it's, it's very sad. Life is, is not guaranteed. Your life is not guaranteed. My life is not guaranteed. There is an urgency that you and I need. Seek first his kingdom. People need saving. They need saving, and we need to rise above our own troubles and our own... Oh, God, well, I will serve you when I get a husband. I've heard that. <laughs> God, I'll serve you when I retire. I heard that as well. One lady said to me at church... Oh, um, she was a nurse, lovely lady, and she said to me, Pastor, I'll have more time, and I will, I will get involved in the church in a little bit and help. And soon, when I retire... And she, her, a few years later, she said, oh, I'm retiring. I said, great. He says, oh, I'm going to Mauritius. <laughs> <laughs> That's not priority, friends. <laughs> Don't, you can't blackmail God, by the way, as well. I, I've worked that out as well. <laughs> I've tried. If you do this, Lord, I would do that. No, no, it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> it doesn't work. Lord, if you give me this, if you, if you give me this amount of money, if you give me that breakthrough, I will serve you and do that. Friends, prioritize his kingdom. Amen. Fifthly, praise. Waiting can be difficult, as we know, and, and, and damaging, but praising the Lord, thanking him, helps us to rise above the discouragement. Praise him. Praise him. Leah, very quickly, Leah was an unloved wife, the, one of the wives of Jacob, she has four sons and each of them represent a journey from the focus of her unfulfilled need. Her need was she was rejected by her husband and she was desperate for his love. Desperate. And maybe some of you can maybe relate to that in in, in different areas. Desperate for the breakthrough, you, whether it's for a child or, or marriage or, or, or the right career or, or the right house or, or whatever. And and. When you look through the sons that she has, she goes, firstly, she had a son called Reuben, which means to see see a son. She, she's basically saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain, but see, I have a son. And, and Leah is so focused on, on getting her husband's favor. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened a womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. She said, the Lord has surely looked to my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And, and I haven't got much time now for that, but For carry on. But, but when at the end of that time, she moved from focusing on her husband. Oh, if I, I've got another son. Surely he's going to love me now. No. And then, do you know what she says? Her last son that she had was Judah. It's where, where, Jews, where we call Jews, Judah. Judah. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see a quantum shift in her relationship with the Lord. She's firstly focusing on her trouble. God, I need your breakthrough. I need your breakthrough. I need my husband to love me. I mean, it's so sad. But later on, Something changes, she, she conceives again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord, and she called his name Judah. And bear in mind, those some people, some Christians are anti-Semitic, read Revelation, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, he is still, he's Jew. Christ is still a Jew. And we need to honour and bless, bless the Jewish people. So for breakthroughs in you, praise him, praise him, praise him. People, my goodness, sometimes when we're in our waiting room, we, we get really upset with people, don't we? We get upset with family relationship, members, friends, neighbours, church family. And, and do you know, friends, God wants you to have positive relationships. Positive relationships. Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy. This is Ephesians 4 verse 1 of the calling which we were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Friends, in these difficult times, work on your relationships. If you are looking to get married, you need to work on your existing relationships. What type of person are you? Are you a loving person? Or are you selfish? Amen. Because if you're married, you need to ditch the selfishness and work together. Isn't that right, love? <laughs> not that I'm perfect, of course. but <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to ditch being selfish. You think of the other person. And God will not give you a partner, usually, if you can't even work with your own siblings and family members or, or church members because it's all about you. God is not stupid, by the way. Some of us think he is. Some of us think, and I think, think some of my church members think he is stupid. You know, say, oh, yeah, yeah, pastor, I'll be there when I feel like it. I'll, I'll be there. I'll go on Zoom. <laughs> God deliver us. Christ- Christianity is walking with Jesus. People, work on your relationships with people. Amen? Work on your relationships with work colleagues. Work on your relationships. Amen? Work with your neighbours. I'm just amazed that so many of us don't know our neighbours. Work on learning, work on getting to know your neighbours. I'm sure it's none of you here, but most Londoners don't know their neighbours. We've got to make effort, friends. Get to know your neighbours and their needs and what their problems are, because you are pastoring them. You are the, main, you are the pastor in that neighbourhood. Amen? And uh, finally, hallelujah... Praise God, positive, be positive. Thank you, worship team, come up here. We serve a good God, amen, Amen. who loves us. Therefore, when things are hard, we need to have a positive can-do attitude in every area of our lives. The Bible says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. That's Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 8. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through Jesus Christ. Friends, we need to be positive. Be positive. Don't be one of those negative people, oh, I can't do this, can't do that, Uh, nobody loves me. Uh, You know, Friends, you're going to be sucked into that despair, especially if you're waiting We need one another. We need to be positive. We need people around us. We need to be praising God. We need to be prioritized in the kingdom. We need patience. And we need perspective. And we need to understand how precious we are.